Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. All right, how we doing? Uh, some of you got the memo, some of you got the memo. Now, people at home are gonna think there's nobody here. This is a full crowd. How are we doing? Yes, yes, yes. We are so glad that you're here. I got a question for you real quick. Got a question for you. How many of you have ever put your foot in your mouth? You know, you said something you shouldn't have said. You know, you just blurted something out and it was the wrong thing. You ever stuck your foot in your mouth? We got some? That's it. Some of you aren't willing to admit it. But I think we all have. I think we've all just said something we shouldn't have said. But, you know, guys, not to pick on you, I actually think we're the worst at it. Okay, I, th- I really do. I think we're the worst at it. I know women, you use more words than we do. So you have more opportunities to do this. But guys, even though we don't use a lot of words, sometimes we just don't think before we say something. We just let something come out, don't we? Just let something come out and it's always wrong. See, guys, we say things like, is that what we're having for dinner? Is that what we're having for dinner? No, no, I have a whole other meal prepared for you other than the one that's on the table. (laughs) Yes, that's what we're having for dinner. Or we say things like, is that what you're wearing? No, no, I thought I'd just show you this before I go back and put on what I'm really gonna wear. Yes, I'm wearing this. Now, what you need to understand, ladies, is the fact that we are innocent in this, okay? We really are. We're we're innocent in this, okay? We just don't think. See, when we say, is that what we're having for dinner? What we're actually saying, is it time to sit down to eat? Or are you still working on something? We just don't say it right. Or when we say, "Is, is that what you're wearing? What we're actually saying, is it time to go? Can we leave now? Are you still getting ready? We just don't say things right. We just let things come out of our mouth. We just blurt things out. Now, guys, I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest, okay? Have you ever saw a woman that you thought was pregnant? (laughs) Know where I'm going with this, aren't you? And you asked her when she was due, and she wasn't. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked a woman when you thought when she was due, and she wasn't? I was actually reading this. No, I was reading this and it said the average guy does this at least once in his lifetime. He does it at least once in his lifetime. And I'm thinking, who does it more than once? (laughs) I mean, why would you make that mistake more than one time? I mean, why would that even come out of your mouth? Now, luckily for me, I'm below average, okay? I'm below average. I've never done that. I don't plan on doing that. I'm not going to say that. I actually saw somebody do that. It did not turn out well for him. And so I know I am not, I am not going to say anything. I don't care if you come stand in front of me with a t-shirt that says baby with an arrow. I ain't asking. It ain't coming out of my mouth. I am not saying anything. But we have all said some things, haven't we? We've all said some things that we wish we wouldn't have said. And unfortunately, we've all said some things that we regret, things that we truly regret, especially in the heat of the moment or in a conflict of some kind. We've said some things we really regret. We've said some things we wish we could take back, but once our words are out there, they're out there, right? Once those words are out there, they're out there, and there's no getting them back, and words, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Your life has been shaped by words. 
that your life has been shaped by the words that were spoken to you, about you, over you. Your childhood was shaped by words. Your marriages are shaped by the words. That all of your relationships are shaped by words. And that's why we have to be so careful with what we say. We need to be careful with our words because words aren't equally weighed, are they? They're not equally balanced. Negative words carry much more weight than positive ones, right? I mean, you can forget a positive word, but you never forget a negative word. You never forget a negative word. And how many positive words does it take to counteract a negative one? Some of you are still trying to figure that out because you're still holding on to some of those negative words that were spoken to you. And that's why we've got to be careful. I mean, it's the same thing here. We can do a great service. We can, we can have a great event. We're really feeling good about ourselves and what we're doing. We're really feeling good. And all of a sudden, that one negative, that one negative word comes and it changes everything. Changes how we feel. We start going, is this really worth it? Is it worth it at all? Now, on a side note, when I finish this talk, if any of you are negative towards me, it's really gonna ruin my week, okay? So, you know, keep that to yourself. Anyway, anyway, but it is. It's negative words really, really do stay with us, and that's why we have to be careful, and that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about in our relationships. I wanna talk about that in in our disagreements, in in that time of conflict that we have, how to respond, what we need to do with words, and, and what we need to do to make sure that everything's okay. Today we're gonna talk about being quick to listen and slow to speak. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak because one wrong word can devastate somebody. Now, if you grew up in church, you realize I didn't come up with this, okay? I didn't come up with this. This was actually said by a guy named James. He said this a couple thousand years ago. And if you're not familiar with James, James has a very famous brother. James's brother is Jesus. James and Jesus were brothers. That's pretty cool, huh? But can you imagine growing up with Jesus as your brother? I mean, talk about getting a complex, huh? Talk about, talk about words spoken over you when you were a child. I mean, how does James react to this when, when his mom's going, James, why can't you be more like your brother? James, why can't you act more like your brother? And James is going, mom, mom, he's God, okay? Give me a break. What do you want me to do? But actually, if you look at the life of, if you look at the life of James, he didn't believe that his brother was God. In fact, he thought Jesus was crazy. And he had nothing to do with him. He didn't, he didn't uh, pursue him in his ministry. He wasn't a part of his ministry at all. In fact, he didn't see him as God until after the resurrection. You see, when, when your brother who you think is crazy tells you he's the son of God and that he's gonna die on the cross for you and then three days later he's gonna rise again and he pulls that off, you look at him different. And he looked at him different. He stopped seeing him as his brother. He started seeing him as his Lord. And James becomes a leader in the church of Jerusalem. He becomes a leader in the very place that put his brother to death. And James was all about leading Christians and having them live just lives before God. And that's how he got his nickname. He was called James the Just because he was all about having Christians live the right lives lives before God. And the Bible doesn't tell us this, but if you look in the history books, James actually was killed for his belief. He was killed for his belief. He was stoned to death because he believed that his brother was the son of God who died and rose again. But before he was killed, he wrote a letter and um, 
It was a letter that we find in our, our New Testament. It's called the book of James. And in this letter, he talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open up to James 1. And we're gonna start in verse 19. And this is what he says. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Get out your pens and paper. Everybody get it out. Get ready to write this down because this is important. This is something you need to hear. And this isn't just for the guys. This isn't just for the girls. This is for everybody. So all of you that are nudging right on this side, realize it's for you and the you next to you. It's for all of us. He says, take note of this. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Actually write it down because all of your relationships depend on you getting this. Every single one of your relationships in your life depend on you getting this right. And then he continues. He says, everyone, everyone should be quick to listen. That we all need to be quick to listen. Now, when you first look at this, it really doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, how do you listen quickly? How do you listen any faster? But what James is doing, he's putting these words together that really don't make a lot of sense to make a point. And his point is this. This is his point. That when it comes to any type of relationship, when it comes to any type of disagreement, any type of conflict, your first priority, the number one thing you do is listen. The first thing you do is listen. Listen to what that other person has to say. Listen to where that other person is coming. That's your number one priority, to listen. And why this is so hard for us is because that's what we want the other person to do, right? We want them to listen to us. We don't wanna hear what they have to say. They're wrong, we're right. They need to hear what we have to say. We wanna talk. And James is saying, no, I'm gonna teach you what my brother taught. My brother taught that we should uh, do unto others as they would do unto us. And he's saying, if you want somebody to listen to you, you need to be willing to listen to them. The very first thing you should do is listen to them. If you want them to listen to you, you listen to them. Be quick to listen. And then he says, slow to speak. What he's saying, take your time. Before you open your mouth, before you say something you regret, before you stick your foot in your mouth, take your time. Take your time. Not only hear what they have to say, give yourself time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Give yourself time to listen to the Holy Spirit of what? The Holy Spirit would want you to say, give yourself some time. Now I'll add to this, not only give yourself some time, but if you have to say anything at all, ask some questions, ask some questions. Ask questions of why they think the way they think. Ask questions why they're doing what they're doing. Ask questions why they're saying what they're saying. Try to figure this out, ask questions. You wanna freak somebody out who's having a disagreement with you? and they're saying something to you, just say, hold on, hold on, just go. Listen, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but I want to, so can you help me out? Can you help me understand why you're saying what you're doing? You're gonna stop them in the tracks, so ask questions. Any of you read Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? You know the book, Seven Habits High? It's a great book, great book. I don't know if Stephen uh, read the book of James, but it kind of sounds like he did because habit number five, habit number five is what James is talking about here. See, the fifth habit says, seek first to understand, then be understood. So he said, seek first to understand, then 
be understood. He said, there's no point in giving your point when you don't understand where they're coming from. When you don't have an idea of what they're coming from and what they're saying, nothing you say is gonna matter. So seek first to figure out what they're doing. Ask questions, ask questions of these people that you're in conflict with. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, well, Rob, if I ask questions, they're gonna keep talking. And I don't wanna hear them because they keep saying the wrong things. They keep thinking they're right and they're not, I'm right. And if I let them keep talking, they're gonna keep believing they're right. And so they need to be quiet and listen to me because I need to talk some sense into them because I am right and they're wrong. And they need to know I'm right. And the only way they're gonna know that I'm right is for me to tell them I'm right. Now, if you don't hear anything else in this message, I want you to hear this. Because this is so important. This is for all of you parents out there. This is all you husbands, all you wives, anybody that's in any type of relationship. This is important for you. You can write the person you love right out the door. You can write the person you love the most right out of the relationship. You can be right, know you're right, tell them you're right, and be right and right and right and right and watch them go right out of your life. Because people don't want to be lectured to. People want to be listened to. And what you're going to find when you start listening to people, they're going to start listening to you. People are more apt to listen to you when they know that you're willing to listen to them. Parents, how many times have you been talking to your kids and you're trying to talk some sense into your kids, trying to talk some sense into them? And all of a sudden, they get this glazed look over the face. You know what I'm talking about? This glazed look. They have left the room. And you're telling them wise counsel. You're giving them wisdom. You're telling them what they should be doing. You know that this is the right thing for them. And you're wondering why you can't communicate with your kids. Why can I not communicate? Why do they not listen to me? And James says, it's because you're quick to speak, not quick to listen. He says, if you want to improve your relationship with your kids, be quick to listen. If you want to improve your relationship with your spouse, be quick to listen. If you want to improve all of your relationships, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. And if you get those two right, this last one's easy. And slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. And what he's talking about here, he's talking about people who jump to conclusions. Ever done that before? Ever done that? It's the fact that, that you hear somebody say something, you automatically know what they were thinking when they said it, right? You already know what they're thinking and you are mad because of what they said. Or they do something, you automatically know. You automatically know what they were doing when they did this. This is what they were thinking when they did that. And you get so upset. I heard somebody was telling me this, that, that all of us need to join a gym. Okay, because we gotta stop jumping to conclusions and actually working out. It's kind of the new workout thing because we all jump to conclusions. We all do this. We think we know what we should be doing or what is going on and it's wrong. And we get upset. We've all done that. We did that at our house just the, the other day. Happened at our house not long ago that we live in a, a ranch house. It's a one-story house and, and our bedroom's on one side and the kids' bedrooms are on the other side. That's the way to have it. <laughs> and they're, they're, on, they're on the other side and, uh, 
my wife was on the, on the, the side, their side of the house and she's walking past my son's room and she noticed that one of his windows didn't have a screen on it. She's going, hmm, why is there not a screen on that window? And she's thinking, you know, she didn't know what to do, so she calls me. And she says, one of his screens off the window, I don't know if people are coming in, he's going out, I really don't, I don't wanna make a big deal out of it because we can just start setting the alarm and he ain't getting out, so it really doesn't matter. But I want my screen back. I want my screen back on the window. And I said, well, go talk to him. And so she goes and she talks to him, she goes, listen, I don't know what's been going on. I don't know if somebody's been coming in, coming out. I don't, I don't care. I'm not gonna get mad. I just want my screen. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, look, see that window? It's got a screen on it. See that window? It doesn't. There's not a screen there. What did you do with the screen? He goes, I didn't do anything with the screen. She goes, listen, listen, I'm not gonna get upset. Did you take it? Did you put it somewhere? Just tell me where the screen is. That's all I want. I just want my screen back. He goes, I didn't do it. She goes, listen, did somebody try to get in and they took the screen? Did they take the screen, okay? Just tell them, I won't get mad at them. Bring the screen back so I can have the screen on the window. Just bring it back. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, fine, if you don't want to tell me the truth, that's fine, that's fine. And so she walks out. Well, we were having a, a lead meeting um, and lead meeting is a mentor group that my wife's a part of. And we were having this dinner where uh, they bring their spouses or significant others with us. And so our table's not big enough to, to have everybody without putting leaves in. So we had to put leaves in the table. So we went to the, the closet where the leaf is and, and my wife goes in and all of a sudden she comes out with her hand over her mouth. And she goes, I go, what, what, what? She goes, the screen's in there. I said, I said, the screen's in the closet? And she goes, yeah, it's in there. I go, why would RJ put the screen in the closet? And why wouldn't he tell us? And she goes, he didn't do it. I said, what? She goes, I did it. <laughs> and I said, you did it? Why did you do it? And she's going, well, I was washing the windows. I was taking screens off and I was washing the windows and I couldn't get that screen back on. So I put it in the closet for when you got home to help me put it back on and I forgot. So that's why it's in there. And she goes, don't tell him. <laughs> and we didn't. <laughs> and don't you either. He'll find out if he listens to the message. That's it, that's it. He'll find out if he listens to the message. But that's what happens. We think we know what's going on. We think we have all the information. We think we have everything down. And if it doesn't fit our narrative, we get upset. We get mad. And James is saying, hey, you wanna stop this? You wanna stop all this jumping to conclusions? You wanna stop all this anger? Start off by listening. Listening, asking questions. And don't jump to conclusions when you're not getting the answers that you want. Keep listening. It'll stop you from getting angry. Now, if James stopped right there, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, it's a great message. We can all go home now. We know that, man, if I just start listening more and I speak less and, and, and make sure that I don't jump to conclusions, my life's gonna be better. Yes, it is, but James isn't finished. James is the brother of Jesus, and he says there is a divine agenda that goes along with this. So he, cont he continues, he says, because human anger, human anger, what is human anger? Human anger is simply this. You want something, you don't get it, so you get mad. That's what human anger is. That you want your way, you don't get your way, so you get upset. That's what human anger is. Think about the last time that you got mad. The last time you got upset. It had probably had something to do with that. That you wanted something, you didn't get it, and so you got all upset. Could have been while you're driving here to church. 
You were driving to church and somebody wouldn't let you get in the lane. You wanted to get over. They wouldn't let you get over. So you ended up getting mad just on the way to church. Might have been you. Might have been me. That might have been what I did this morning. Because (laughs) I confess, that's me. That's me. Wouldn't it be better when you're driving if people would just get out of your way? I mean, I'm like, when people are there, if they would just listen to me, everything would go so much smoother. And, And just, I'll apologize now. If you're driving and you're driving wrong, you're going to hear from me on the road, okay? That's just what's going to happen. That's why I don't have a Met bumper sticker or anything. I don't do any of that because that's, that's, that's something I've got to work on. I've got to work on this because I just, I like my way when I'm driving. I do. And what, what he's saying here, James is saying that when you want something, you don't get your way and you get upset, it does not produce the righteousness that God desires, Now, I know that sounds kind of churchy and probably the easiest way is to change this righteousness to just rightness. He's saying that when you don't get your way and you get mad, that that's not the right result that God wants for your life. That's what he's saying. That God does not desire for you to get upset. That's not the right result to any type of confrontation, to any type of disagreement. Getting upset is not what he wants. So you need to understand that when you have a conflict with somebody, when you're in a disagreement with somebody, there's actually three agendas going on. There's three agendas. There's your agenda, there's the other person's agenda, and then there's God's agenda. See, your agenda or your rightness is that you're right and they're wrong, and you are going to convince them that you are right and they are wrong, so you get your way. Now, the other person, their rightness or their agenda is that they're right and you're wrong. And they are going to keep talking to you and convince you that they are right and you're wrong, so they get their way. And God is saying, guess what, guys? Neither one of you are right. Neither one of you are right in this situation. Because, see, what I desire, my agenda, is not that you're right at each other, but you're right with each other. See the difference? God says... It's not about you being right at each other. It's about you being right with each other. God says, who cares who's right if you're not right with each other after the disagreement? Does it really matter who's right if you're not right with each other after the disagreement? I mean, think about it. Do you ever really win an argument? Do you? Do you ever really win an argument with your spouse? Do you ever really win an argument with your kids? Do you ever win an argument with close friends? Do you win an argument with that? No. You can say, yes, I won the argument. I told her this is the way it's gonna be. I put my foot down. I am right. She is wrong. We are doing it, and I won the argument. I won it. Oh, where is she? I don't know. She left. (laughs) You can write the person you love right out the door. And parents, you can write your kids right out of your life. James is saying, come on. Come on, you really want this? Come on, do you think God is really picking sides and caring who's right? God didn't come to get on your side. God came to take over. He says, I want you to surrender your life to my way. You keep trying to do it your way. You keep trying to be right. I want you to surrender to me. When Jesus came, did Jesus come to be right? 
No, he didn't come to be right. He came to make things right. See, if Jesus came to be right, that would have taken about five minutes. He'd have come in, got everybody around, said, listen, guys, I'm right. Any questions? I didn't think so. I'm right. If Jesus came to be right, he wouldn't have had to give his life on the cross. Jesus came to make things right. Jesus came to reconcile us to God and to one another. And he's saying, why are you so concerned about being right at each other and not concerned about being right with each other? That should be your top priority. And he continues. He says, therefore, therefore, and every time you're reading your Bible and you read the word therefore, you gotta ask yourself, what is it therefore? Therefore, that now that we understand God's desire for us, now that we understand God's uh, agenda, that he wants to make sure that we're right with each other, now that we know that, now that we know that, he says, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. He said, get rid of it, get rid of it. Now this little phrase, get rid of it, if you look in the Greek, it's actually a, a, a word that's used to, to say like take off a jacket or take off a coat. And he's saying that if you wanna be right with each other, you gotta take off that coat of I'm right. If you wanna be right with each other, you gotta take off that jacket of, of self-righteousness that you're walking around in, letting everybody know that your way is the best way, that you're the only one who really knows what's right and everybody's gotta do everything your way. You gotta take that coat off because self-righteousness is pride and it leads to sin and it takes you down uh, to places you don't wanna go. It, it gets you involved in things you don't ever wanna be involved in because it's always gotta be your way and you've always gotta be right. He said, if you wanna make sure you're right with each other, you gotta take that off. He said, take that off, take off the filth, take off the evil, and probably the better way of explaining the word evil is to just change this word out for a word, name, for a word uh, malice. It's malice, it's a thing where we wanna get back at people, we wanna pay people back for what they've done because if it's not gonna be done my way, they're gonna feel it. They're gonna know that they didn't do it my way. I mean, think about all the violence in the world. Think about all the things that are going on. The violence, domestic violence. It all starts with words. Two people, same words, trying to prove that they're right and you're wrong and it gets out of control and it goes absolutely haywire. And he says, you gotta take that off because that's where you're going as long as you're wearing it. That's the road you're walking down as long as you're wearing that coat. You gotta take off that coat of self-righteousness. And what you have to do, you gotta humbly. You gotta humbly. Now what you have to realize is that pride and humility do not coexist. You can't have both. You either have one or the other. And he's saying, you gotta get rid of the pride and you gotta put on the coat of humility. And you know what humility is? Humility is saying that we is more important than me. That's what it's saying. It's saying, we is more important than me getting my way, than me having to be right all the time. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're, some of you are thinking, you're going, well, if, if, if I don't tell them, then they're getting their way and they're right. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, just don't get angry because it takes you down places. Be willing to listen to somebody. That's what he's talking about. 
saying, humbly, be more worried about that you're still gonna be okay. He says, humbly accept the word that is planted in you. Now remember, he's talking to Christians here. He's talking to people that have already put their faith in Jesus Christ. He's going, think about the fact of of the Holy Spirit in you. Think about the fact of what Jesus did for you. What was the greatest commandment that Jesus said? He said, love others the way I have loved you. Love others the way I have loved you. Jesus said, I'm putting you ahead of me. That's why I'm going to the cross. I'm sacrificing myself for you. Can't you do that for other people? Can't you do that for the people that you love? Or do you have to be right? And that's why the key word there is accept. You know it. It's in you. But are you gonna accept the fact that God's way is more right than your right? Are you gonna accept that? And he says, if you do, it can save you. It can save you. Now, we're not talking about eternal salvation. Remember, these are Christians. These are people who already put their faith in Jesus Christ. Their eternity is sealed. But he's talking about it can save you right now. It can save you today. It can save you from saying something that you'll regret. It can save you from saying something that you're gonna have to apologize for. It can save you from heartache. It can save you from seeing your kids walk out the door. It can save you from seeing your marriage end in divorce. It can save you from maybe something even worse than that because you had to be right so much that it just got out of control and it just led to you to doing things that were so bad that you gotta now pay the consequences for what you've done. He said, it can save you. And you might be saying, well, I want that. How do I do it? And James is saying, I've already told you. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, before we go, I wanna give you three quick things that I want you to apply to all your words when you do speak. These are three things that you need to apply to to these words to make sure that after any type of confrontation, after any type of disagreement, that you're right with each other afterwards. I want you to apply these things. And the Apostle Paul, he, he wrote this in Ephesians 4 when he said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. First thing that you need to do whenever you say is you gotta eliminate. You gotta eliminate the unwholesome talk. You gotta eliminate the negativity. Get rid of it. If you start off with any negative words, the, com- the, the whole uh, disagreement is not gonna go anywhere because everybody's gonna be on the defensive. You gotta eliminate the negative words. You gotta eliminate your right to be right. You gotta eliminate those words. Now, this is what I do. This is, this is something that you know, might be useful to you. And, and again, it's kind of a, a Stephen Covey thing. But what I always do whenever I have a disagreement with somebody, whenever I have to sit down, I always decide before I have a conversation what I want the result to be. I always start with the end in mind. 
And so if my desire is that we are close after this conversation, it's going to make sure that I say words that get us to that result. Because if I wanna make sure that we're okay after this discussion, I'm not gonna say words that are gonna hinder that happening. I'm gonna watch my mouth, I'm gonna watch what I say because I wanna make sure that we're okay afterwards. And that's what he's saying here, eliminate that. If you wanna make sure you're right, there's words that you don't need to be saying to each other. Because once some of the words are said, people don't hear anything else. All they heard was the negativity. You gotta get rid of those words, eliminate. Second thing you need to do is you need to encourage. You need to encourage. Only use words that are helpful in building others up according to their needs. Now I know some of you are thinking, well, well, all I gotta do, I gotta just be nice all the time? I mean, is that what it is? I gotta be nice? I really don't say the truth? I just, I just be nice? Well, first of all, you should always be nice. But this is talking about building people up. They need to know the truth. They need to know the truth, but the truth has to be spoken in love. The truth has to be spoken in love. And here's what I want you to understand. You've heard the, the, the little phrase that uh, rules without a relationship leads to rebellion, okay? And what, that, what it's saying is that when you try to get people to do something that you have no relationship with, they're out the door. It starts with a relationship. If you're gonna speak truth into somebody, you gotta have a relationship. There's a lot of you that think that you can talk to anybody because I'm just giving them the truth. I'm just giving them the truth. No. It starts with you having a loving relationship with this person because if that person doesn't know you love them before you say something to them, they definitely don't think you love them after you say something. You need to make sure that relationship is set and then you speak words into them. And what these words need to be is words that when they hear them, know that you want something better for them. This is about them. This is not about somebody doing something so you feel better about what they're doing. No, this is encouragement words that you pour into somebody's life so that their life is better. And that's the third one. Say words that edify. Words that edify. Words that that person is better for hearing those words. That when somebody is truly listening to you and they take these words, they're gonna be better for it. God does not want us to be right at each other. He wants us to be right with each other. And how do you do that? You're quick to listen and slow to speak. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your patience with us because so many times we run ahead of you and we try to do what we think is right and say what we think is right and we end up saying the wrong thing, putting our foot in our mouth and messing up but you lovingly take us back and you forgive us. And that's why God, we wanna have these words today impressed upon our heart. Help us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Help us to work hard on mending relationships and not breaking relationships. But more importantly, God, help us to live lives that love people the way you loved us. That if we look at every relationship the way you look at it, 
with loving eyes, life would be so much easier. So help us to see as you see and to love people. And if there's anybody here this morning that hasn't entered into that loving relationship, I just want you to know that you're not here by accident. And maybe you're listening on our, on our live feed and you're not listening by accident if you don't have a relationship. God wanted you to hear this because he wanted you to know that he loves you. And all the negative words that you've been hearing in your life, all the negative words that you've heard from the world and from people around you, God wants you to know that he loves you and cares about you and wants to have a relationship with you. And he says, if you want that with me, open up your heart to me right now. Just open up your heart where you're sitting, where you're watching and say, God, I wanna be loved. And I finally realize how much you love me. I finally realize you love me enough to send your son to die on the cross for me, for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again. And I believe that. And I put my life in your hands. I put my faith and trust in you. Do you believe that? You said that? God says, you're mine. You're my child. And I love you. And I'm gonna make sure that you know it because I'm gonna always be with you. God, be with us as we leave this place. Help us to be quick to listen. Be quick to listen to your spirit in us so that we say and do the right things, God. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Real quick before we go, we'll have prayer team here. Hey, wasn't it great to have Billy back playing on the drums? Wasn't it awesome? Yes, it was. It was great having Billy back. Billy and Whitney do want to thank all of you for the prayers, and they ask you for, to continue to pray uh, for little Evie. Uh, some of you that might not know this, that uh, they had a baby about a month ago, and uh, she's got trisomy 18, which means that she wasn't actually supposed to be around this long. But God has blessed them with this time, and we're going to continue to pray for time and continue to, to pray for them and, and uh, the Ramsey family and the Fox family and all of them that are going through this and uh, be in prayer uh, for this time. But it was great to have him here. It's great to have you here, and I can't wait to see y'all back next weekend. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.